house, toilet paper, toilet paper's the big one, right? Man, I don't get, I still, I still don't understand the problem with that one. I'll, I'll be enlightened one of these days. Hey, I'm Barry. If I have a chance to meet you, I would love to meet you at some point during the day today. And I just want to welcome you to real life. Pastor Sean is with his wife, Diana, and the family. They're down in Florida soaking up the sunshine. Should we pray for them or pray, pray for us that we're not down there? All right, boo. Get some boos and hisses. Jealousy. Jealousy in the house this morning. I like it. Hey, I'm not jealous. I want you guys to know I'm one of those sick individuals. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Any other sickos in here today? Yeah, exactly, right? Everybody else is like, I love the fallback day, not me. I hate that one. It gets dark at five. Now you guys get some extra daylight, get some extra work in, whatever you want to do, hang out with the kids. I love this day. So I know I'm, 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 we were in the host huddle this morning. Everybody's just like, <laughs> So, hey, we're going to have a great time today. Do, Pastor Sean has been doing a great job with this series, Relationship Goals, and we're going to keep going with that today. So the the, uh, this, uh, the goals are up here on the screen. Uh, they're going to throw them up here right now. So if you guys have been here, it has been super encouraging going through these. The first one was we talked about being Christ-centered, building our relationships on a great and solid foundation, which is Christ. And then the following week, we talked about being mission-driven. We have to have a mission. We have to have a goal. We have to have a vision that we're driving and striving towards. That keeps us in a good direction. Last week, Pastor Sean was out here uh, stretching, throwing the devil kicking up. Do you guys like that? I think, he, I think he was sore the next day. I saw him hobbling a little bit, right, getting on that airplane. Talk about devil kicking, you know, not giving a place for the devil. And so today we're going to start talking about promise meeting, promise meeting, and not promise keeping, promise meeting. You guys remember the old group back in the day, promise keepers? We're going old school today, right? So you were talking about promise meeting. So relationships are, they're tough, like Drew was talking about. They're not the easiest thing in the world. If they were, there would never be a divorce, right? But that's not the case. And even if you guys aren't married today, I want you to know this message is for you, even though predominantly we'll talk about marriage, because these issues and these challenges and what we talk about how to overcome those can be applied to almost any relationship, whether it's within a family, within friends, work, school, whatever. So if you're not married, don't tune out. There will be something in here for you today. So uh, when we think about relationships, you know, Sean's been throwing, showing up all these pictures talking about planking, people sitting in cars. We have an idea in mind what we want to go for. What's the goal? We're talking about mission driven. What is the goal? And this first pick is a picture of like, when I see a, a picture like this and I'm not that many years away anymore. So this is getting more and more of a rowdy for me. But what, what do you guys, what do you guys feel? What do you guys feel when you see this? And you see a couple that has just survived the years of abuse and toil going through world and work and raising a family. And here they are. They're smiling, aren't they? They have their arms around each other. You may see a picture of them holding hands. Isn't that a cool picture? Isn't that when we were standing at the altar and getting married in the first place? This is what we see at the finish line, right? And so most people are like, oh, that's sweet. And that's what they like. And this is what we want to see. But for so many of us, we're in the midst of a marriage or a relationship where we're like, that's the goal. But man, how am I going to get there? Because you feel like this second picture. This is what you are feeling almost every day, right? Now, my wife and I, we would never do this, right? But for so many of us, we just don't see the goal. We don't see us getting there because this is the struggle that we fight with every day, if not every week. And so we're like, how can I survive and, and thrive when our partner, or my wife, or my spouse, we don't see eye to eye? 
And so we always find ourselves, not always, you know, every relationship is different, but sometimes you'll find yourself in the midst of a fight, right? Anybody here love to fight? How many people are here in a fight today, right? Is there anybody in here? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. This is not the time to testify. I was talking to a lot of you guys know Josh and Carrie. I work out with Josh every once in a while. He makes me look bad at the gym. But he was telling me a real cool story. And, and this kind of relates. You know, like, and you've seen this situation at some level. Or you've seen it or you've heard about it. How many people have been in the restaurant where you see the couple in the corner and she's sobbing and he's got his head down? Anybody seen that? You're like, oh, it's a train wreck and everybody's uncomfortable, but you can't what? You can't look away. So she, you know, Josh was telling me this story. He's like, you know, Carrie and I, we were in the middle of this knockdown, drag-out fight, and it was back and forth, you know, here and there. It just got ugly and calling names and stuff like that. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. He goes, but by the end, towards the end of the fight, she was on her hands and knees crawling towards me. I'm like, serious? I said, what happened next? He goes, well, she started yelling at me to get from underneath the bed and fight like a man. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Josh, you got a rep here. You can't just fall down. So when we fight, though, that's what a lot of times fights look like. We're always looking to fight and become the victor. But that's not what healthy fighting becomes or should not be. We should be fighting for the relationship, not to win, right? So, you know, growing up, I watched too much TV or too many movies. I know you guys are the same way. I grew up little in seeing in syndication like uh, Leave it to Beaver. And then uh, Ward and Junes, their big fight is like, uh, you know, Ward, I think you were too hard on the beef, right? That's not the fights that I saw. I was more like married with children, Alan Pegg. That was what I, that's what I saw every day. It's like, Al, did you miss me? And he's walking away with every shot so far. <laughs> we don't live in a leave it to the beaver world. Hopefully we don't live in the married with children world either, but sometimes that feels more real to us. At least it does to me. And here's the thing. A lot of times when we think about the Bible, you know, we, we think it's something, oh, I'm supposed to read it. It's something I know I should do. But it doesn't seem very applicable. It doesn't seem very practical. I don't relate to it at all. But here's the thing. So many of us, we don't understand the Bible because we don't know how to read the Bible. And the Bible is so practical. It even has sections where it talks about people in relationships and they fight. And uh, there's a couple verses before we get into our main one. And it, it maybe for you guys, we'll start, we'll start with you guys to help you guys out and give you guys something you'll like here. In Proverbs 25, 15, if you guys read along with me, it says, A quarrelsome wife is like a constant dripping on a rainy day. Oh, I heard one. Oh. We're going to stop now. We're going to have a prayer meeting for Drew up here. He's going to need a place to live, maybe. But I've known people like that, and their wives were constantly fighting and quarreling with them. It was like the drip, drip, drip. It was constant. And it wasn't like anything major. It wasn't like a baseball bat, but it was constant and never-ending. And it was like a Chinese water torture, right? It was just like never, ever stopped. But hey, I've got one for you girls, too. So this one, you'll like this one. It is better to have severe hemorrhoids than to live with a husband who is a jerk. <laughs> and if you look in the Bible, you won't find it, but I guarantee it's gospel. And it's in 2 Christie 5.3. <laughs> no amen over there? <laughs> there we go. Nobody wants to live with a guy who's a jerk. You would rather have severe hemorrhoids, right? So it can come from either side, and no person is perfect. And so we're always looking, we're always looking to come together and uh, keep things moving. So we want to pick up here in the Song of Solomon. Sean's been talking about it a little bit as we go through the relationship series. And this book is a very direct book about relationships. 
about romance, about passion. In fact, if you know how to read it and what you're looking for, and I'm not going to go that deep today, it is not rated R, it is rated X. It is a very, very descriptive book. If you know how to read Hebrew literature, Hebrew poetry. But here's the practical thing for us, and here's how we're going to dive into it, because I want this to really hit home today. Because here's the thing, there's so many of us that are married or are in relationships, and here's the practical, the practical point. This isn't just up here me talking. There are people that are probably here today struggling, right? There are people here, I don't know, Barry, about the, the old picture, because I don't know if I can make it till next week. And so I want you guys to think about some of the challenges that we see and they're going to be presented here in the Bible and what we can do about it. And this is why it is so important. Now, Solomon, who was writing this book, he had a marriage with a woman called the Shulamite woman. And that's a really funny word. And it's from a lady from a town someplace in, in, uh, in Israel. And it is so cool as you read through the book, it goes through the whole gambit of the relationship. And you guys can probably relate at the beginning. Uh, Solomon talks about just, you know, pursuing and going after this woman, just the passion that they had in their dating relationship. And then it goes into their early marriage and just, man, they're in their honeymoon. Everything's great and everything's good. And they just, they just love being with each other and it's so passionate and they just have a great relationship. But who knows what starts off good, turns to great, and sometimes hits a snag, right? It can go bad. It can go south. It can go sour. And it isn't, this couple wasn't any exception. So if you guys read with me in songs or Song of Solomon uh, 5.2, starts off like this. It says, I slept, but my heart was awake. So the woman, the Shulamite woman was in bed and it says, listen, my lover is knocking. And here's Solomon. He says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. I'm going to hit pause right there. We know it's a little different. I've never called my wife my sister. I don't know this. <laughs> At least maybe on the wrong part of the country, but I don't know. I just, it just strikes me a little weird, right? So keep on here. It says, talk about Solomon, or Solomon speaking here. It says, my head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. And it picks up in Songs 5.3. It says, and this is her again, I have taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? So here, let me paint the picture for you. So here's Solomon. He's coming home. He's got dew in his hair. So he's been out all night, right? What's he's been doing? It doesn't say. Maybe he was out working. Maybe he was out getting ready for war. Maybe he was out with the boys playing poker, drinking too long. I don't know. But here, here she is. She's at bed. She's been waiting for him and she's tired. She went to sleep. And so they ended up having a conflict. So many of us have so many different types of conflicts in our lives and they start from just innocent, just misunderstandings. And then they can burrow and they can go and they grow higher and higher and deeper and deeper. So I want you guys to look with me at some of the root causes of conflict that we'll pull out of this story with Solomon and the Shulamite woman. And see if they don't apply to you. See if they don't find a practical, yeah, that's me, Barry. That's me today. So the first one is this. The first root cause of conflict in a relationship, in a marriage, is what? Unmet expectations. Have you guys ever had an unmet expectation? No, no, I, I hear some groans over here. You know, when you do, when you do marriages, I've, I think I've done four now. Hey, we're preaching now, unmet expectations. I got to be careful. I'm going to stay on this side of the stage today, though. <laughs> See, I should, right? Well, none of us are perfect. And so there, here's the reality, and this is what we talk about when we do premarital counseling. You have a couple come in, and they're all googly-eyed. They're all starry-eyed. Oh, he's perfect. Oh, she would never do anything wrong. And then you talk to them after they've been married a year, man, what did I do? 
because that is not the person that I married. That is not the person. The person that I married is not the person I dated. But because people come in with unmet expectations because they don't talk through them, they don't communicate with them. And even in the best relationships, you will find a time and a place where you just come across a road that you hadn't talked about or you hadn't figured out yet. And that's what was going on with Solomon here. Solomon's coming in and he's approaching his lover, the Shulamite woman. And he's like, oh, darling, oh, dove. You know, and he's coming just showering praise on her. So what's his expectation? He's going to come spend some time with her and hang out. But what was her expectation? Where were you at all night, right? She was expecting somebody to be there, a partner to show up when he needed to be there, when she wanted him there. And for so many of us, we have the same situations. We have an, ex, an unmet expectation. I've talked to people or I've seen people where one of the big fights early in a marriage was, well, I thought you were going to cook every night for me. That's what my mom does. You guys ever hear that one? Well, and then she comes back. She's like, well, I, I don't cook. My family, we ate out every night. And then they had never talked about it. And he took personal offense at it because he expected that from her. And she took personal ex uh, offense at it because that's not what she views as her role. Or so many people fight about money. Hey, we're going to have a budget. I don't do budgets. I just fly by the seat of my pants. I don't do Dave Ramsey, right? Is there any day, no amens out there for that one? It's, it starts a fight, though, doesn't it? Talk about how are we going to raise, how are we going to raise children, or are we going to have children? There are things that come into our world when we don't talk about them, that they cause issues because the other person is expecting and has a level. Well, my dad could always fix the problem, the plumbing. He never had to call anybody. I had that discussion. I saw that happen one time with some friends of mine. She's like, "Well, I didn't marry a real man. He can't fix the he can't fix the kitchen faucet." I was like, ooh. <laughs> I was like, well, he's a police officer. I guarantee he's a real man. <laughs> I'm walking out here before somebody gets shot. <laughs> but that was her expectation because her dad was a handyman, and it was like something super simple. But he wasn't raised that way. He was raised by a single mom, and he didn't ever have an opportunity to learn that. And this guy was a man's man. But she set this expectation on him, and she devalued him. And so it caused a fight. It caused some resentment. So how many of us... Have, are in a relationship right now where we have that challenge. Do you have something? Do you have an unmet expectation that you guys haven't talked to? Unmet expectations. The second root cause of conflict is this, selfishness. Selfishness. Amen. Amen. It's all about me, right? It's all about mine, what I get. This is, uh, I've, been married, I've been lucky to be married 22 years. And my wife is one of the most unselfish people in the world. And that's probably why we've been married <laughs> 22 years, right? So, but here's the thing. I've seen so many couples that are especially young and they start fighting about this or that. And here's the one I, I see danger here. And I'm like, oh, you guys better hit the brakes. And it's something that goes along with this. And maybe you've heard it, maybe you've said it. Well, she went and spent an hour and a half with her friends. So now what? I get to spend an hour and a half with my friends, right? Or hey, she spent $200 on a dress. Or now I get to spend $200 on whatever I want. And it becomes this tit for tat thing. And it comes down to the word fair. Or everything should be 50-50. And anybody that's been married any time at all will tell you that 50-50 doesn't work, does it? Everybody has to be in 100%. It's 100% true. And if you don't, you will find resentment building and growing from that as well. Because it all becomes about my needs and not about the, what's needed in the relationship. What about my desires? And that's what happened here with the Shulamite woman. She said, I'm in bed. Do I have to put my robe on again? Really, Solomon? 
You should have been here already. And maybe he screwed up. And maybe you find yourself in that position. Maybe your spouse or the person you're in a relationship with, maybe they, they messed up. But we're called to not just focus on ourselves. But the Shulamite woman said, I'm not going to put my robe on again. You woke me up. Now I have to get, you really want to put my sandals back on? Or do you want me to walk across this floor and get my feet dirty again? Is that really what you're asking me, Solomon? And so she was mad at him already for not showing up. And so she drew back and said, no, 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 no. This is about me. I'm going to do me now. You guys ever heard that phrase? I'm going to do me now? Well, that is a guaranteed sign that something is going south. The role of selfishness in a relationship almost is always, in my experience, the main cause of divorce. It's the main cause of dissension. Because ultimately, even if you were right and the other person did wrong, that's, it takes two to tango. And there's a split that comes there because it ends up becoming a focus on who I am rather than what the relationship is about. So we have two roots of conflict, unmet expectations and selfishness. And here's the last one. And this is my favorite one. It's pride. Anybody struggle with any pride in here? No, 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 not on me. This, this is my guilty sin right here because most of the time, and ask my guys at work, I can do it better than them and I'll tell them about it all the time, right? And if they were here, they'd be back there saying, amen, amen, amen. So what does pride look like? What does pride look like in our lives, especially in contexts like this? And here's, I'm going to give it to you. If you're the person in here saying, man, I'm glad we're talking about this today because my spouse has something to learn. <laughs> if you are always right, no matter what, and that's what you're thinking, it may be time to take some self-stock and some of the self-evaluation here. Maybe, maybe this is you. Maybe this is the issue. This is the challenge that you're dealing with. Because if you don't have any culpability and you don't own any of the issues in your relationship, maybe this is about you. Solomon had this pride. What did he do? If you read, after he knocked and she didn't answer, what did he do? He walked away. He walked away. How many of you have been in a situation where like, hey, I'm not going to put up with that crap. I'm not going to let her treat me like that. I'm not going to let him treat me like that. And you have two, there's a great book that Shauna had us all read as, a, as, as leaders here. And it was called uh, Crucial Conversations. And I always thought that I was really good at conflict because what I, what, what I do, my nature is this, is like, I'll fight, but I won't go too far. And I like to walk away. I'll, I'll shut it down. And I always thought that it was kind of the godly thing to do, the humble thing to do. But because the, the, the other side is this, is violence. And that's what I saw a lot of people do in my family growing up. So I went to the other side. But there are two sides of the same coin because you have silence and then you have violence. And they're both bad ways to deal with conflict. And it was all about my pride. It was all about what I wanted, who I was. And that's what happened with Solomon as well. And here's the story. He walked away. And so many of us want to walk away. And that's what we do. You know, if we don't even walk away physically, a lot of times we walk away emotionally. And we check out of that relationship. And she eventually, the Shulamite woman, ended up getting up. And she, you know, she said, hey, I do need to see him. I want to talk to him. And when she showed up to the door, what happened? He was gone and her heart sunk. That's what the Bible said, her heart sunk. And so maybe you're in a marriage today. Maybe you're in a situation or relationship where maybe you're not divorced yet, but maybe you're walking down that path or you're even considering it and your heart sunk. And you're like, yeah, Barry, what do I do? You know, because I really don't see any answers out there. I don't know that there are any because this relationship's too far gone. You don't understand what I've gone through. And that might be true. There may be so many of you that have been in a situation that I haven't been, that I don't understand. And all right, if you've been divorced, 
I haven't been there, and so I don't understand that as well. But I've seen it, and I've seen where relationships go and they start walking down. And I want you to know is that there are answers out there. And we're going to go through some things that you're going to say, man, that's too simple. But here's the thing. The simple things in life are the ones that work. And we'll go through, and, and, and we're going to go through God's word, and I want you guys to just really listen. I want you to listen to these promises, these promises where we're going to meet. And I want, them, I want them to apply to your lives. I want them to soak in. I want you guys to realize that God has something great for you guys today. So I talked about doing marriages earlier. So I want you guys to do something with me that we do in a wedding ceremony. Maybe you guys haven't done this for a long time. I want you guys to repeat after me after I do my I do's. Can you guys do that with me this morning? Okay, you guys are excited. I like it. So here's our first I do promise. I want you guys to repeat after me. All right, you guys ready? I do promise to act, not react. Very good. You guys are really good. I do promise to act and not react. I have a great verse here in Romans. And I love this one. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you know that if you guys are prepared and you have actions that are on the front side, you don't have to worry about having a bad reaction on the back side. I think about, uh, and I don't remember the guy's name, I apologize. Do you guys remember the guy, the, the pilot that landed the plane in the Hudson? Yeah, I don't remember what his name was. Sully, Captain Sully, I think that's right. Cool. Now, do you guys think that he did that all on his own just in a split second and figured that out? No, he went through a simulator, and he went through training, and he probably went through thousands and thousands of hours to make a crucial decision in the middle of a situation that could have killed that whole crew or that whole plane. And so for how many of us do that in a relationship, though? How many of us prepare ahead of time? We pray, or we talk to our spouses, and we get ready for problems. We don't do that, most of us, anyway. Most of us, we're on the react side. We're not on the pre-act side. And so, you know... I didn't get permission for this story, babe. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be a good one, right? So Christy and I, we don't fight very much. We really don't. We came from families where there was a lot of fighting, and I think that's probably why we don't. But when we've had a, when we've had a couple of fights, they've been doozies, right? Anybody there <clears throat> or had those? <laughs> no, I'm doing the softball story. <laughs> it's not the baseball story. It's the softball story. So we were in the midst. Hey, I got to set the scene for you because it was really important. So we're in the midst of the championship game for our co-ed softball league, right? Who knows how important that is? It's so important. I mean, it's the end of the world important, right? And it's a nail-biter. We should be blowing this team out, but we're not. It's a nail-biter. And this pitcher on the other team, he's just all over, and he's walking people left and right, balls outside, inside, but he's not throwing strikes. And so... Uh, I bat last, and the person right in front of me is my wife. And so I give her some godly advice. I'm like, all right, this guy's not throwing strikes. We have runners on second and third, and I want to get up and knock these guys in because I'm going to get a hit, right? And so we have two outs, though, already. And if you, don't, if you know anything about softball, at least in, in this league, is you come up with one ball and one strike. You're already up with a one and one count, right? So I'm like, babe. Here's what you do. He's not throwing strikes, so I want you to take the first pitch or take till he get a strike. She's like, okay, I'll do that. So uh, the first pitch comes in, and it's like way up here, and it's coming behind. And what, is, what, is, what does Christy do? I'm in the daughter's exit. I'm like, oh. 
Babe, you looked good. You looked good doing it, for sure. You looked real good. I'm over there just losing my mind. I'm like, oh, no, please. We have, another, we have another inning, but we could get ahead right now. And I'm, like, stressing out. And so she's got two strikes on her. So the guy winds up, and he throws in. I mean, and it's perfect. He's coming right in. <laughs> Strike three, you're out. I'm like, oh. So here's my problem. I didn't prepare for this issue. I didn't prepare. I didn't have an action in mind. Because the right action would have been like, babe, good try. Hey, we'll get them on the next one, right? What did I do? I didn't yell. I didn't yell. I asked a question, though. I did ask a question. It might, have not, it might not have come across well. So she's walking back to the dugout, and I'm like, did you not understand what I meant by take the first pitch? And by this time, she's in the dugout already, and she's starting to cry because she's embarrassed and she's upset. And she was, I mean, all the pressure was on, and, and she felt like she let, let us down. So I, I had a reaction, and then she had a reaction as well. <clears throat> and like I said, we don't fight. And so nobody expected this. And so from the dugout, you know what she did? She told me to shut my mouth. I didn't need to hear it. <clears throat> Dude, the dugout goes quiet. <laughs> it goes quiet. You could have heard a pin drop. Except for my cousin who's in there, and he wants to egg it on. He's like, get him, Christy. Don't take that crap from him. So we had reactions on both sides, and it ended up being one of our bigger fights. Had I been prepared, had she been prepared to have a good reaction or a good action up front where we wanted to build each other up, we wouldn't have fallen into that spot. And I know it sounds really stupid. It sounds like it's a softball game, but it turned into a public, a public display of a fight that neither one of us liked. And so maybe you guys are here today, and you are living on the bounds of a reaction, I want you to know that you can hit pause on that. Let that go. Overcome evil with good. What if, what, if, what if Solomon had stayed and he hadn't just reacted and hadn't walked away? They wouldn't have had the continued issue. So that's the first, that's the first, the first thing that we can do. That's the first promise. So repeat after me again. So the first one was we're not going to act we're, or we're going to act and not react. So I do, I do. Promise, promise to focus on the good, not the bad. How many know this? Not that easy. It is not that easy. We are fault-finding creatures, aren't we? That's what we do. I loved, I heard a story, and this kind of goes back to the premarital thing. So what happens is you go through, you go through the premarital or the honeymoon stages, and there's so many things that you love about that person that you found. But what happens after you've been married long enough? You find the 20% that you don't, right? You find the 20% that just grates on your nerves. It just kills you. And you start looking at that and you start focusing on the bad. Instead of the 80% of the things that made you attracted to that person in the first place. And so the problem is, is then you start looking and you start and you run into somebody else that has the 20%. Whether it's a coworker or a family friend or whatever. Oh, that's the 20% that I'm missing. And a lot of times we trade the 20% that we're missing and we get rid of the 80% that we already had. And so that's the problem when we focus on the good, not the bad. I love this story. Do you guys know who uh, Billy Graham is? Yeah. I'm sure most people do in here. And he changed and he touched more lives than probably almost any American pastor evangelist has in the last 300 years. We won't even know how many people he's touched. But that had a cost to it. 
he spent a lot of time on the road doing his crusades. So there was an article by, it was interviewing his wife, who's uh, Ruth Bell Graham. And they asked this question to his wife. And they said, Billy's on the road for seven months of the year. How do you deal with that? Aren't, don't you get tired of that? And here was her response, which as a wife or as a spouse, I, mean, I can't imagine being gone. You know, if you've, some of you have served in here in the military, so maybe you've experienced that and you know what this is about. But her response was great because she focused on the good, not the bad. She said this. She said, having Billy for five months out of the year is better than having any other man 12 months. I know, right? <laughs> she, was, she was a sweetheart, but it took, she was just as strong as Billy was to have that perspective. What would change in your lives today when you stop focusing on the 20% of the bad, the stuff that you can't take or you don't like, and focus again on the 80%, the things that brought you into that relationship in the first place? So I promised to act, not react. Secondly, I promised to focus on the good, not the bad. Third, one more time with me. I do promise to talk and not walk. So here's the thing. Here's where I really want to encourage you guys. And here's where it really hits home. <clears throat> Again, I don't know everybody's story in here. And I don't even know everybody in here that well. But in a crowd this size, there has to be somebody that is struggling in a relationship right now. So here's my encouragement to you. Talk. I don't know what that looks like for you or in your relationship, but talk. Maybe that's a fight, but fight fair. Maybe that's to go see a counselor. Even if you don't think that counselor has anything to add or bring any value and maybe you think it's too far gone, I really want to encourage you to talk. Don't let walk be an option on the table. And there's a verse here that says this, Ephesians chapter 4. It says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. We talked about devil kicking last week, but for so many of us, we don't, we don't see this as an issue that we let the enemy in. But I want you to know that you have a real enemy lurking, looking to devour you, your spouse, your relationship. And the enemy is not your So we need to promise to act and not react. Secondly, we need to promise to focus on the good, not the bad, not the evil. One more time with me. I promise to talk and not walk. I promise to talk and not walk. <clears throat> that, again, it's such, it's, it's such a truism that sounds so easy. But for so many of us, you know, or I've seen relationships around us, walking away seems like the best option on the table. Because you might be saying, Barry, you don't know what we've been through. You don't know what he's done. You don't know what she's done. It's unforgivable. Or we can't get past this issue. And so wouldn't it be better just to walk away? And I want you to know that is not the answer. And if some of you have been in relationships where you've walked away, I want you to know this is that Though divorce isn't good, divorce isn't the unpardonable sin that so many of us think it is or we've made it out to be. And I want to repeat that one more time. If you've been through divorce, man, God can forgive it. God still loves you. God can redeem that issue. God can redeem that problem. But I, even, though, even though that's the case, God's initial goal, God's reasonable goal for us is stay together because that's what he's given you. He's given a covenant. Sean will preach about that next week. Man, keeping that covenant, that promise is so important. <clears throat> How do we do that? In Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, Paul says this. He says, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. 
And here's the issue. For so many of us, we think the battle is with our spouse. We think the enemy is in our house. We're sleeping with the enemy. And it's not true. We may be having a conflict with that person, but who your real enemy is, the guy we talked about last week. Because he's the guy that's looking to get a foothold. He's the guy that's looking to destroy your relationship. He's the guy looking to tear down your marriage. And that's Satan. That's the devil. And if we give him that foothold by staying angry, going to bed angry, or having unresolved tension in our relationships, all it is is a wedge. And it may start off as something small in your mind, but it can grow. It can grow to where we find ourselves seeing that walking away is the best option. But you walk when you walk away, you create more problems than you fix. And I've seen that over and over again. I was telling the, the first crew this morning that I, I've seen my dad cry twice. And once was really sad. He lost his favorite dog. The neighbor shot it. It's not really funny, but it's uh, it was kind of comical how it happened because I, I think the guy got his life threatened after. That was the first time I saw my dad cry. The second time was when my mom walked out the door. And even as a kid, and my brothers and I, we've talked about it, you know, it was so bad at the time. Even, even, at least me, I was like, I wish they would just end it and be done with it and just walk away. Well, as a kid, uh, I didn't understand the ramifications and the repercussions that would come from that. And as it happened, I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. So if you find yourself in the midst of that issue, or you find yourself looking to say, hey, I think I gotta walk. I think it's the only choice that I have. I want you to know that is not true. That is a lie. If both people are willing to work and give everything that they have and go and use these relationships that we're talking about, Christ-centered and having a mission for you, for your guys' lives together, you can overcome anything through God's power. And that's what happened with Solomon and the, and the Shulamite woman. They endured a winter. They endured a hard time and they survived. And then they thrived after to a great spring. So many of us, we think that we have to live on the mountaintops all the time. And that's an unreal expectation. You were gonna be in the valley at one point in your lives, in your relationships. But know that the valley isn't where you're meant to stay. But I tell you one thing, you can learn something there. God can teach you something great through the midst of your struggles and your fights and your conflict. Craig Rochelle had a great quote that I came across last week and it says this, you can't have a trial without having, or you can't have a testimony without having a trial. Sorry, let me say that again. You can't have a testimony without having a trial. When you have trials and conflicts in your life, God teaches us more within those moments of pain and struggle and weakness than he ever teaches us, or we learn, that's probably the more accurate, than we learn when everything is going good. Because what happens, when everything's good, and it's all together, and your finances are great, and your marriage is perfect, we have a habit of thinking, well, that's me. I'm taking care of that. I've got it. I don't need God. But when God comes into a situation, he shows up all the time. But when we're open to it, we're always more open to it. When we're struggling, we have those conflicts. We're having a relationship that's broken. Let God in. That would be my encouragement to you. You can fix more problems by staying than walking away. Here would be my last encouragement. Think about through the challenges that we've talked about, whether it's selfishness or pride, or what promise can you take today? What promise can you reenact today that will help reignite and refresh your relationship? Are you gonna focus on the good, not the bad? Are you going, are you going to, are you going to act and not react? You know, 
what can you apply today? What can God take you? Because he has something great for your lives. We want to be, we want to be at the end of the day. We want to be that, that old couple that has just lived a life that is above reproach. And they didn't have a perfect life. And we're not going to have a perfect life or relationship. But know that God can use what brought, you know, what brings most of us down. God can take that and use that and just lift you back up. And you can have a relationship, not only that thrives, or not only survives, but thrives. And maybe he can use you to bring up the next generation of people that are going into relationships. And that's how we build God's kingdom. Would you guys pray with me this morning? Father, we come before you just honored and humbled that you, that you have come into our lives to save us and love us. God, just thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. I want to pray for the, the people in the room today. God, you know their stories. I don't. You know their struggles. I don't. So many of us, we have an ability to paint face and we put on a, a good picture and we let everybody around us say, oh yeah, everything's fine. But you know the truth. And God, I, if there's somebody there here today that is struggling with an issue of a relationship, maybe they're at a spot where they feel like their only option is to walk away. God, I pray that they know that that is not the truth. And I pray that they open themselves and they get rid of the pride and the selfishness to say, hey, I need some help. And they go to their spouse and say, hey, let's work this out. Let's go to a counselor. Let's talk to the pastor. Let's find some spiritual mentors that can lift us up. God, I pray for each one of these people. I just pray that you have your presence in their lives. God, I pray that they, they humble themselves. They come before you this morning and, and just thank you for this showing up. And I know that when, when they humble themselves, you'll always be there. And I just pray for the blessings of, 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 your, of your calling and your promise just to fall in their lives. And that they look back one day and they say, that was a tough spot. But we know that God was there and God has given us so much because we were, we were faithful to what he's promised and we are faithful to our promises. Maybe you're here today and I want to pray for you that you've never met God. You're, you're far from him. You don't know what, what it means to be a follower of Christ. If you find yourself in that position, I want you to know the Bible describes our relationship with him oftentimes like a relationship between a man and a woman that has broken down. God is the, is, the, is, the, is the faithful partner that was there and stayed and did everything that he could. And, and in so many ways, we were the unfaithful partner that walked away and traded, traded a great relationship for a lie or a broken promise. But God's calling you home today. God's calling you to be part of his kingdom. And so if you find yourself in that position that you need to establish a relationship and you want the God that loves you as a father and has everything that he can possibly give you and has your best in mind, pray something like this after me. Father, just thank you for who you are. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've, I've broken my life and only you can fix it. I've broken my relationships and only you can fix it. God, accept me as I am today. Thank you for who you are. And I, I pray that I follow you the rest of my days. Amen. If I just pray, God, that anybody that finds themselves in that position that, that they are humbled and they take that next step to following you and just thank you for who you are and thank you for everything that you've done for us today. Amen. Can we get up for uh, God this morning? That's right. Man, I'm so excited and I'm just so humbled to be able to